Welcome to Sea Time, everybody, the off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. So, episode 109, again, a lovely Tuesday evening here in the southern state of Texas. Um, you know, we're, we're pretty cool down here. We're all right. Um, and I say pretty cool, actually. It's like 76 degrees outside. It's like we're going through a whole nother spring. Um, but it's, it's supposed to freeze this weekend. We have possibility of snow. So that means if you're anywhere near Texas in the next few days, just turn around. I promise you the drivers will go absolutely crazy, and they will forget how to drive, and it'll be the worst experience you've ever had. Um, so it's just not worth it. Um, but hey, I want to say thank you for tuning in. Episode 109 is going to be quite interesting. We have a full ladies lineup. Um, as we like to do, we keep the show kind of short, just right about an hour. Try to fit about two people in there so we can um, really really get in-depth with those people and uh, have a good conversation. First on is going to be uh, Rachel Gudish, Gudish, and I'm probably going to screw this up a couple times, but I'm going to get her to correct me when she comes on here in a second. And then, of course, after the fact, it's going to be Sarah Whitmore, soon to be Sarah Smadje or Smidje or Smagical or I guess whatever they decide to come up with once it happens. Um, so seat time. The online show for the off-road enthusiasts, we like to call ourselves the beer drinking and bench racing show. We try to keep it down to a lowbrow level so that you guys have fun watching it and we have fun doing it. Um, tonight, I am only consuming 7-Up. There is no al al adult version of my beverage this evening. I've been sick a little bit this week. I'm trying to still hydrate, have fun. I even have a water over there in case the decaffeinated Diet 7-Up is too much for my little, uh, my little <laughs> antibodies to handle. We'll have to see how that goes. Um, of course, uh, Fly Racing, huge, huge supporter of Sea Time. Can't thank them them enough for their support. Um, we've got Power Sport Graphics, another great supporter of Sea Time, and uh, this evening, Stillwell Performance. Um, so, huge supporters of Sea Time. It would be fantastic if you go check them out at their respective websites and tell them that we said hi. Um, where could you support Sea Time if you wanted to do that on your own? Of course, you can go to seattime.bigcartel.com. Big news is that we have our new quote shirt. A couple of you guys have bought those. We very much appreciate that. You could do the same. Uh, we can get that to you before Christmas because, boom, we still have like 20-something days. We could figure it out. Remember, there's a chat room, tlk.io slash seat time. If you want to get in here and kind of help direct the show or if you've got questions for our guests, things of that nature. So as I mentioned, we have two guests this evening. I'm going to say it again and get corrected right away. I have a feeling... Miss Rachel Gudish, how is your evening going, madam? Well, it's going pretty well now. Before it wasn't so good because I had a lot of homework to do, you know, the usual stuff, but looks like it's looking up. It's looking up because you're on seat time? Of course. Woo-woo! Love it! So how bad did I completely butcher your last name? Not as bad as I've heard before. It's goodish, but... Yours is a lot better than other people's pronunciations. Goodish. So I take it then you're just like myself being an American mutt, or are you, you know, are you, are you from a lot of different uh, in English and, or I guess people from Europe, European descendants, or are you kind of actually uh, more of one nationality? I don't have the slightest idea. The That's okay. last name sounds kind of German, but other than that, I don't know. We'll just go with mutt. That's okay. It's nothing wrong with that. If you're an American, you're most likely a mutt of some sort. <laughs> You've got a little bit of everything somewhere mixed in there. Um, yeah. So you, besides having a, a last name that you know catches some people off guard, you're a kick-ass dirt bike racer. 
You've been doing this for a really long time. As we were just talking uh, talking about you racing the Super Minis, the GNCC races. So that's, that's quite a long time. You're 17 right now, and your most recent accomplishment is winning at the 2013 Las Vegas Enduro Cross Finale. That is an awesome accomplishment. I can only imagine that you've been working a very long time to make that happen. So just talk us through the evening, and how did it feel to go ahead and get that first win? I was pretty much on top of the world after my first win. Like like you said, I've been working towards this a long time, and finally accomplishing a goal you've been working towards for that long has an inherent feeling of satisfaction that comes along with it. Absolutely. Um, when you crossed the finish line, was what was the first immediate thought? I mean, what did you, did you even have one, or was it just kind of, you know, an aura of joy? <laughs> yes, I finally did it. That was pretty much the. That was the feeling. Yeah. Yeah, you could tell. Um, as I as I was saying, I was there at Vegas. Uh, you know, was down taking pictures, having a great time watching on you guys. And you guys had such a cool battle. You guys were going back and forth. Um, and to see you work your way up to the front, it was so cool. And then you could just tell, like, right when you crossed the finish line, it was you wanted to just rev it to the moon and over jump into the wall. But it was like, you know, you were like, I'm going to step it down a notch. And so it was like the most kind of unexcited excitement I've ever seen out of a rider that got their first win. Um, but you could tell. But you could, you could feel the smile cracking through your helmet. It was, it was pretty cool to see. Yeah, over-revving and jumping to the moon was tempting, but I thought it might be a bit of a letdown if I landed on a few mechanics. So, <laughs> Yeah, and the problem with the setup, of course, in that situation is they were right there. So I could yeah. imagine, and if it would have been me, it would have been a looped-out bike with broken barkbusters and all kinds of stuff. So at least you could have made it a looky, look a little bit more uh, professional because I'm by no means anywhere near that. So, I try. Hey, I understand. You have a lot of fun doing it. So tell us about your Vegas experience, though. Um, 17 years old, going to these races with your parents and stuff like that. What kind of stuff do you guys go do as a family when you're out in Vegas, you know, kind of getting a chance to see the town and stuff like that? Well, my parents pretty much went to bed after the race. That was their Vegas experience. Yeah. I went down. I looked at stuff. I hung out with people. Well, did you get a chance to do like any of the roller coasters that they have or anything like that? Or was it, oh, we did have a lot of rain. I don't know if those were closed. Were those closed? Yeah, that, yeah, that kind of put a damper on the Vegas trip. I mean, the first time I went to Vegas, we definitely went and saw and did a lot of stuff. Went up in the tower, got to do some of that kind of stuff. But this trip was more low-key, I think. Yeah. Man, it was kind of surprising, the rain. Um, a lot of people were saying, and I've been to Vegas a handful of times, a handful few of times, and I can say... I don't know that I've ever remembered it raining there, so it was quite interesting that we had, you know, freezing weather and like so much rain to deal with. It was that something that kind of like being from the north is that kind of something you're okay to deal with? You can handle all that stuff pretty well. Honestly, I'd rather have it a hundred degrees than have it anything below forty. <laughs> I mean, kind of strange considering that I am from more of a northern area, but I've never liked the cold, and. I found it really strange, like you said, that Vegas would be raining. I mean, it's smack in the middle of a desert. They probably get rain, what, like 10, 15 times a year max. Yeah. And two of the days were days we were all there for the Enduro Cross. Yeah, and they got a lot. I mean, they got a lot of rain that we had to deal with. I know if we were in Vegas, you can't really complain too much about it because of the fact that we all had a lot of fun, but it's interesting. Um, I wanted to know your thoughts on the Vegas track. Um, I could tell you mine. But it's just going to make me sound like even much more of a wuss. 
So I would prefer that we got your opinion on the Vegas track. My favorite track of the entire year so awesome. far. Awesome. That's awesome to hear. Tell us why. Well, lately, I don't know if you've noticed, Enduro Cross has tended to get more open, faster, a lot more jumps and high speed kind of stuff. And I prefer the more old school kind of Enduro Cross where a race can be decided by who can push their bike through the obstacle the fastest. Right. <laughs> and do you, do you feel that you like that so much because of your, your upbringing? Like you've ridden throughout your life more technical, more off-road type of situations opposed to the faster, more jumpy type of stuff? Yeah, I definitely don't come from a motocross background. I'm a woods rider at heart, so that yeah. probably influences a lot. Well, for sure. Um, in, in that regard, uh, has there been anything – do you feel that maybe this track just suited you really well for, for you to come out on top, or have you been kind of practicing different things you know, leading up to Vegas that really helped you, you know, come away with the win? I have been practicing really hard, but I also do feel like this track was particularly suited to my riding style. And I don't know, I worked, did some mental stuff beforehand that I think might have helped me as well. I tend to blow it pretty early on in like the first lap or two, and I think I'm almost able to work past that now. Yeah. It's a work in progress. No, you're absolutely right. It always is. We talk to. You know, we talked to all kinds of guys like Cody Webb, Kyle Redman, Corey Grafunder, all the guys that, you know, race in the, in the pro class. And they always talk about how it, it's such a, a chaotic dance um, that anybody can make a mistake, a mistake at any point in time in an endurocross race. And with that, you have to be able to not mentally get frustrated because if you do make one of those early, early mistakes, you have to realize that most likely another person's going to make another small mistake. But if you mentally push yourself too hard to try to catch up, then you could keep up making mistakes. Your heart rate's never going to drop. You're always going to be cramped, and you're just going to be, you know, way too tight on the bike. Um, so if, if if you found a way to kind of start to stop that from happening, um, I think that's great. I know when I was riding out there in practices, I didn't just mentally fall apart. My body just fell apart, and then it was just a downhill slope from there, unfortunately. Um, but I loved it. I loved that track. Super, super technical. Um, I would have loved to have had that on a full day where my pickup truck was right next to it. So I could ride half of it, fall off, go back to my pickup truck for another 30 minutes, ride half of it again, fall off, and just keep that going for about a good four hours. And I think I would have had a great day. Doesn't sound like a bad gig. <laughs> no. Now we just need to find somebody that's going to be willing to put one of those next to some motocross track so that those guys could come watch me fall off of it whenever they're done doing their fast laps. <laughs> we did have a question from the chat room. Um, and I think I know the answer to this, but I didn't want to say anything without getting, uh, you know, the official from you. But it sounded like they mentioned it at uh, Vegas. Um, but uh, we were asked, "Has she, have you signed with the Obermeyer Yamaha team again for next year, or are you riding for your dad's shop? Neat. Actually, I'm not doing either of That's those. That's what I thought, yep. Um, I got an offer from RPM KTM based out of Seattle, Washington, and I decided to go with them for next year. I'm awesome. really excited about the opportunity. I I would imagine that you would be. So please give us a little bit more about how that how this how that program kind of de developed and you know why you were gonna why you chose to go with them over other previous you know offers you may have had. Well, one of the big reasons we decided to go with them. Well, first of all, we know the guys who run it fairly well we're on pretty good terms with them and they're going to keep a bike on the west coast for me to race enduro cross with and that that was what really cinched it because 
we've had to drive my bike out from Indiana to the West Coast for almost every race. And just not having to do that anymore, not having to be gone from home for a week to a week and a half for every single race, not having to log countless hours and miles just driving is such a huge thing. Man, that's awesome. What bike? Is it going to be a 200 or 150, or how do you guys think you're going to play that, or do you even know yet? I'm thinking 250F again. I really liked the Yamaha I had, and I think that a four-stroke is the way to go for Endurocross. Really? I mean, I know it's heavier, but you don't get wheel spin, so oh. I think it's actually easier to ride and you fall down less. Okay, cool. And then from the little bit of enduro cross that I've done, I say we'll go, whatever makes you comfortable, go with that, opposed to you know what everybody else is trying to sell in the sense of whatever makes sense. Um, so that's awesome. Well, uh, it, so when is all this program going to start for you? Is I mean, it, it's going to be a 2014 ride, um, and you're just going to kind of be flying out to races and do training, or are you going to be going out there more often uh, to train on the West Coast with the RPM team? I would like to go out there and train, and I'm going to at every opportunity I can, but I've also got the constraints of school to deal with. I mean, I can't just pick up and say, hey, guys, going to be gone for two weeks. Nice knowing you all. Yeah, and good luck. <laughs> fly out to the West Coast. I mean, I have enough t hard enough time with pre-calc as it is. I think missing two weeks would pretty much sink my GPA in that regard. Yeah. Well, it sounds like, from what we've heard, you're actually uh, quite quite the intellectual um, in school and all kinds of other hobbies as well, since you, it sounds like you're quite the track star that's you know, up and coming and all that stuff. Um, well, with the RPM team, so you're going to have a bike on the East Coast then, I guess, that you're going to train with, and then they're going to keep another bike on the West Coast? Yeah, that's looking like it's that's how it's going to shake out. Okay. And then, so, to kind of, I, I guess, to use an interesting term, to step it up a notch, to bring it to the next level... Um, for you for 2014 and Endurocross and any other events that you're going to partake in, how are you going to do that? Do you have a plan of attack for that, or are you kind of you know what you did last year worked and progressed throughout the year? Uh, tell us, tell us how you're seeing 2014 working for you on that end. I don't know. I'm just gonna kind of see what happens. Just go with the flow. Yeah. Do uh keep doing the lawn darts in the field, and then uh, or what are the, what are they called? The the pole that you do. Vaulting, right? Yes, pole vault. How's lawn dart, you know, whatever. At some point in time, it does look like you're throwing yourself into the ground, which could be That's what happens if you do it wrong. Uh, well, that's probably why I've always fell into the ground, unfortunately. <laughs> that's okay. Well, congratulations on your ride for 2014. It sounds like you're going to be uh, back on KTM. Um, I know you were riding KTM last year, so it's going to be good to see you back on Orange. Um, the first time I saw you ride Orange was at the ISDE in 2012 in Germany. Um, and you didn't have the, the greatest experiences. I believe that you houred out, had a rough time. But tell us, but you had a really good year this year in Sardinia. I believe you got 10th in the women's class. Um, so talk us through a little bit, you know, the differences in those two ISDEs and maybe what changed and how you've developed and how you've grown um, throughout the past year in those races. Well, the first ISDE in Germany, everybody told me it was an ass kicker. Even the even the men were telling me this is one of the hardest ISDs I've ever done. You shouldn't feel bad about not finishing it. And I mean, the terrain was hard as it was, and the mileage was 214 miles on our longest day. That's a really long way to have to ride. Yes. <laughs> Just keeping it mentally together was one of my hardest things. Keeping my mind from wondering, staying on the task at hand for that long a period of time. 
And I ended up crashing and getting myself hurt on day three, which is pretty much the reason I houred out. So I think this year I came into it more mentally prepared. I knew what I was getting myself into. I was able to maintain focus better, and thus I finished. Nice. Well, uh, 10th place. I mean, that can't, that's not too shabby in my book. You know, what do you, how do you feel about the way that you finished and maybe what you think about for next year in Argentina if you think there's a possibility that you're going to go and, you know, do you see yourself doing better? I am completely happy with my 10th place. Honestly, I wouldn't have cared if I had gotten last among all the women so long as I had finished. That was the big goal, just to go and complete the entire race, keep it all together. And I would definitely like to go back to Argentina for next year. I mean, it just, we'll have to see how it shakes out, but I think I'll be there. Yeah. And now are you, what year in high school are you right now? Are you a junior or are you a senior? I'm a senior. You're a senior. Okay. So you're, are are you, do you have college plans already at this point? Are you going to shape racing around college, college around racing? How's that looking to uh, be happening? Well, it's going to be interesting, that's for sure. Um, yes, I definitely want to go to college. That That's not even a question at this point. I want to have a good job. That way I can continue racing at the level that I want to without having to be concerned about how I'm going to pay for the next race, how I'm going to get myself here or there. So I want a job with, that gives me the freedom to do that and where I still make enough money to be able to. So college is definitely in the plans. And I think I'm going to try and run track in college as well, in addition to my racing. So I found a couple of small Division three schools local in this area that would love to have me as a vaulter and are willing to work around my racing schedule. So wow, I'm going to be busy, that's for sure. Yeah, One, you're going to be busy, but I think what's really neat about that is you're going to have their kind of workout program. So it's not like you're going to have to come up with your own workout schedule. Um, you know, being on the track team, you'll be able to work out with them at all times. You'll always have somebody pushing you. It may not be the most race, you know, regimented workout, but I think, uh, you know, anything's better than nothing when it comes down to that. Is that, is that something that you're, you're worried about, you know, being able to, to work out for racing or you think just getting it in there is going to be okay? Honestly, there's a lot more carryover between pole vault and racing than you'd think workout wise. Okay. I mean, it's basically, I do high intensity cardio and I need to have upper body strength, so we do weightlifting. I right. mean, that's pretty much what you need for enduro cross, right? Yeah. I mean, if I had that, I definitely would have finished my practices in Vegas for sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it's a start, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. One day I'll be less embarrassed about my performances in Vegas. And I'm talking about just enduro cross, not the other stuff that we haven't actually discussed because it stays in Vegas. You know what I'm saying? Nobody wants to talk about those performance issues. Um <laughs> So those are the more entertaining ones. Yeah, I know, but you're 17. We can't go there. That would just be so wrong uh, of me. No. <laughs> so, Enduro Cross at X Games Global. I for being I think when you started all that, you were you 16 when you started all that or you were 17 at the time? My birthday's in March, so I would have been 17 by then. Okay. Well, the 17-year-old traveling the world racing a dirt bike I would imagine you had at least one parent with you at all times, so you couldn't get into all kinds of trouble, but you could at least find a little. How awesome was that experience for you? I can't even describe how fantastic it was. I mean, getting to visit the places 
that I've learned about in school, getting to actually see what it's like there, experience other cultures, and I get to race my dirt bike while I'm at it. How how could it possibly get better than that? Yeah, that's true. I mean, you could have had me there as a coach, and you probably, I mean, that would have made your trip so much more entertaining. Oh, it would have. <laughs> I'll <believe> it. <laughs> if nothing else, we would have laughed a lot more. We would have had sore jaws from all the all the giggling. Uh, so, from your experience doing all the uh, X Games Global, uh, which was the hardest track that they had uh, put together for you guys? Hardest is in most difficult, or hardest is in the one I struggled with the most? Uh, I would say yes to both. That's a that's a great question. Give us give us both answers. Okay, um, the one I think I struggled with the most was Barcelona. Okay. Just or that was the sorry that was the most difficult course because of the rocks. They made it very challenging, and one of the ones I think I had the hardest time actually with was probably Brazil, just because it was the first one, and it was outdoors. I'd never raced enduro cross outdoors before, and there was dew on the ground, it was slick, it was wet, and the track was different than what we're accustomed to here in the States. It was way more open and fast than even the ones this year have been, so... That goes for all of them, but Brazil especially since it was the first. Right, yeah. Um, talking about the, the openness of the tracks and kind of the more the more moto-y feel to some of them, it seems like Cody Webb found something that worked for him where he actually just stopped doing all enduro cross training altogether for a while and strictly focused on moto. Um, is, have you tried that? Has that been anything that you think would uh, help you when it comes to the a little bit faster, more open tracks? Not yet, but I think that would definitely be something worth looking into just to get more comfortable in the air, get more comfortable at high speeds. Yeah, well, take it from me. Find somebody to follow because if you try to do it on your own, you still suck at it, you know? <laughs> so don't follow me at a motocross track is pretty much the best advice that I have. Um, let's see. So... GNCCs, let's talk about that because I think it's very interesting the fact that you've actually been racing the GNCCs we were talking about since you were on Super Minis. You said you're about 45 minutes from Crawfordville. So how many times have you made it up Iron Man Hill? Out of how many times I've attempted it? Or sure. Total? You can, whatever you, yeah. You, you, can, uh, you can derail that as much as you'd like to. <laughs> yeah, I think I've got like a 75-80% success rate on that, but I don't hit it every time. If there's people on it, there's no point trying, but if there's not, of course I'm going to hit it. It's right. the most fun part of the course. Nice. And of course, all the spectators there cheering you on, clapping, it's hard to resist showing off a little sometimes. Right, you're like, check it out, Chick can do it too, what's up? <laughs> Well, uh, you know, you said you didn't get a chance to compete in the GNCCs this past year, 2013, obviously because of the enduro cross schedule. Um, being that you're going to be a little bit more, um, I guess, more easternly centralized because of the fact that you're not going to have to drive your bike um, as much as you would have last year, do you think you're going to be able to do more GNCCs uh, for 2014? Yes, we definitely plan on racing the whole series next year. Oh, wow. Yeah. The schedules fell out a lot better than they did last year. I'll only have to miss, I think, two GNCCs. So that's still well within my limit of three drops. So Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. Um, 
Has there been any talk in the ranks of the whole RPM team if Casey Martinez is going to wind up taking Maria Forsberg's spot? And I say RPM team just because she's currently on the team if there's any talk of her leaving. That's the rumor, yeah. It looks like she'll probably be in the big semi for next year. Oh, oh, well. You guys heard it here first. Make sure you quote Rachel Gudish and not me, though. Ah, oh, come on. Don't get me in trouble, man. <laughs> that's, not my, that's not what I'm here for. That's not what I'm here for. I'm here to create trouble for everybody, not just you. It's okay. It's going to okay, be fun. Okay, equal opportunity troublemaker. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, uh, I, my wife and I are, are very much hoping that we can make it to Argentina. And I say my wife and I because I went to Germany last year, and I was out there taking pictures and goofing off and uh, partaking in the after party with the Australians and uh, she got a little jealous so she's hoping that we can make it down the uh, down the Argentina this year for 2014 maybe like a week early so she her and I can kind of do some stuff and then she can come home and I can kind of do ISTE junk um, so that would be really interesting to see uh, to see if we could make it happen again and you could get better than a tenth I think that would be I think it's possible I think you could do it sounds like you're gonna it's have possible. a great year you've got a lot a lot of awesome things up and coming for you right now so do you are you excited? I mean, are you like fist pumping? Yep. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, I'm glad to see it. I just wanted to say thank you very much for being on Seat Time. It was definitely a pleasure. Um, what What do you know about Sarah Whitmore that we should wind up using? Maybe not against her, but towards her in a fun fashion. Well, there's a rather entertaining story about her racing the mother of another endurocross racer back when she was younger in the Canadian National Series. Oh. She's very sensitive about it. You might want to bring that up. So is, is Sarah Whitmore a tad bit older than some may think? Uh, I don't know the exact age, but whatever her age is, she is a little sensitive. So if you want to poke at her, that's a good one to use. <laughs> Dig it. That sounds fun right there. Was she a good mentor when you guys were uh, at the ISTE together in Germany? I don't know so much about a mentor, but she was definitely a good friend to have there. Right. She really lightened the atmosphere a lot. Yeah. If anybody was my ISTE mentor, I would say it was Mandy Maston, just because she's been to so many of them. Absolutely. Well, that's cool, man. Well, as I said, we definitely we really appreciate you taking the time. Um, we've actually had requests for you to be on the show um, leading up to Vegas, so don't think that it, it, it was. You have much more. You have many more fans out there than just us, which is a great thing. Um, and I want to say thank you very much for all those people that reached out to us to try to get uh, Rachel on the show. It was just a matter of timing and working things out. Uh, we had already kind of figured out schedules, but then once you guys had done so well in Vegas, we knew that we kind of had to shift some things around and get you on the show. Um, so first time on seat time, you know, what do you think? We'll give it a couple of months, so that way you can, you know get back to normal life but after that you, you you want to come back on at some point yeah the pleasure was entirely mine dig it that's what i'm talking about well you're a very awesome young lady keep being uh, a good person keep having fun keep riding your dirt bike and we'll uh, talk with you soon all right all right all right thanks <laughs> take it easy bye rachel see you <laughs> later all right so rachel gudis super cool chick really really nice it's awesome to see that she's 17 she's so you know eager to keep riding eager to keep living life um, I wish I was actually that intelligent at 17 years old. I think I might have gone a little bit further than I had. Um, so who are one of our band fantastic sponsors of Sea Time is Fly Racing. So while we go ahead and get Sarah up on the board and get her connected, uh, she we definitely want to say thank you to Fly Racing. So it's wintertime. It's getting really cold here. As I mentioned, it's 76 degrees outside, but it's going to be in the 20s 
uh, soon here this weekend. And I did order today my title gloves from Fly Racing. I was like, you know what? These little mittens need to be warm or as warm as possible when it's 20 degrees outside and possibly snowing, wet, whatever it is. Um, so we're going to make this happen. And I ordered those today along with a bunch of other winter gloves. They have the 907s. I just want to make sure that, you know, hey, it's rainy, it's snowy. I keep everything warm. We definitely thank them for their support of Seat Time. You guys can go check it out. They have all their 2014 stuff available on the site. So check them out, flyracing.com. And make sure you thank them for supporting Seat Time because that's what we like to see. So as we are saying, we were trying to get uh, Sarah Whitmore to come on the show. She knows that she's supposed to be on, but we're having a little bit of trouble connecting to her. So I just want to mention again that if you guys uh, aren't in the chat room right now, you can join us there, tlk.io slash seat time. And, of course, uh, we have our, our shirts, the quote shirts, over at Big Cartel. So seattime.bigcartel.com is where you can go grab that stuff. And, uh, oh, people are talking about being able to hear Skype tinkle. Yes, Skype tinkles. It goes, and it's always a good time. So what's coming up for me? I think we've got uh, the new Bonita. We've got Toro this coming weekend, which I think is going to be fantastic. They've been putting together a lot, a lot of hard work. Um, if you guys didn't see the the what is the the footage that we put up yesterday, they went out and did some some footage while they were finishing up the track there this past weekend, and it looks really cool. It's very virgin, um, which is good, bad, and different. Obviously, the track's not going to be very broken in, so Saturday is going to be kind of a free for all with a lot of people making a lot of interesting lines. Um, and hopefully it gets broken in really well by Sunday so that the racing becomes super epic. Um, I don't know how long I'm going to be able to be out there. Um, oh, we've got a question. Which fly gloves are the warmest? I gonna, I don't unfortunately have the experience yet because I haven't gotten my title gloves in. But uh, if you go off of their website, they have the title gloves are on the website uh, for racing dirt bikes as the warmest. But... They actually have in their snowmobile section the igniter heated, um, so that's the he- it's a heated glove that they have. Now I'm gonna say these do look like big uh, like big snowmobile or big skiing gloves. So I don't know how well they're gonna work for dirt biking or four wheeling or anything like that. But if you're really in the need or some, <laughs> for some freaking some heat, these are the way to do it because battery powered um, heated gloves. Um, so I mean if you're looking for something beyond what you would want for any other kind of situation. Uh, of just cold weather riding. Check out Fly Racing and you can see the igniter heated glove and that would be possibly what you'd be looking for if you're looking for the warmest glove all around. So I'm not too sure if that's what you wanted to know or not. Meow, meow, meow. Um, but yeah, Bonita this weekend is going to be really cool. After that, I'm not too sure what's going to go on. I know next week we're going to have uh, Wiley Watson come on and Zach Huberty is going to be coming on. Um, Wally Watson wanted to talk about his new movie, uh, Off-Road Essentials, which I think is going to be kind of cool. Um, and then Zach Huberty wanted to come on and talk a little bit about innovation off-road and some of the stuff that he's doing, how he wants to get more people involved, um, things of that nature. So I think it's going to be pretty neat. Oh, the shirt that I have on. Yeah, I know I did. I did purchase this from the shirt from the link that uh, Ryan has mentioned in the chat room. Um, I wanted to make sure that I supported that as much as I could. Uh, for everybody, the full profits go to the family, um, which is great. Um, I noticed as well that KTM is doing a little bit of what we did uh, two weeks ago. They're collecting a lot of stories. So again, if you guys, I, I can forward on easily the emails that I received from everybody. If they would like me to do so, I can forward those on. I'm going to send them the show that we did. Uh, hopefully that can make it in there. Um, so some of those stories can kind of live on in what KTM is trying to do to, uh, you know, 
bring about a, a great remembrance of Kirk Caselli. And I believe December 6th, this Friday, is going to be his uh, Memorial Ride Day uh, out at Glen Helen. Obviously, being in Texas, that's not something we're going to be able to make it to, which is a big shame. We would love to be there for something like that. Um, but it's just it's just unfortunately not going to be able to work out. So, Stephen, we're having a little bit of issues, huh? So we got Bolton in the chat room saying that the title or the 907 are great gloves. I used the 907s all day through Thursday before Steel Creek GNCC when it was like 25 degrees and sleeting all day. So I agree. From looking at, again, I have not used either of these. Both of them are on order. They should be here for this weekend since it's going to be so freaking cold. But I figured I went to the moto section, picked, looked at the gloves, and looked for their cold weather stuff, and those were the two that came up. And I wanted to order both of those to make sure that I uh I got what I needed. So that's the way to do it. Yep. That's what we were talking about, Mr. Kudla. Friday, Friday, Glen Helen, West Coast. So did you try to message her and Well no, I've got her on the phone. But she's just not getting the phone. She's not going through there. Man, well, I guess at some point in time, we're going to have to come up with it. So, what's coming up? Well, one of the other things that I wanted to talk about before the new year completely ended is the new Huskies. So, I've started reaching out to a couple people um, to find out what I can to educate myself better on the differences. Um, a lot of people have been asking, hey, so what are the big differences between the KTMs and the Huskies? You know, it, it's kind of like, well, you know, sure, I've read the magazines and stuff like that and talked to people and listened to what people have had to say. But the problem is, is that I don't know for a fact that I, I want to make sure that I'm completely educated on the subject when I speak to it. Um, so we've got a lot of guys, uh, a lot of local KTM reps that are going to be in California next week um, for the official Husky bit that's going on um, and where all the dealers are going to learn about it, all the reps are going to learn about it. Um, and so I'm looking forward to them coming back so that I can talk to all my friends and learn everything that they're going to learn. So that way we can hopefully have one of them on, um, Skype them into the show, and uh, we can really ask a lot of questions about the new Huskies and the things like that, when they're going to come into the States, what they're going to carry, what they're not going to carry. I did hear a rumor, uh, and what it looks like is, is, well, I don't even know if it's a rumor. I think it's been stated in a lot of the stuff that they've talked about, is that they will not be carrying a 450 uh enduro model and that's because of the fact that oh look somebody's trying to call us yes you do yes you do are you there sarah hello we don't have any video this is a fun story we always go through this what's the deal yeah. here? i don't know it's too confusing i can't figure it out push a little video button and see what it does steven nothing son of a oh Whatever. Oh, and uh, now I have front camera, right? Hey. There I am. Oh, I look really bad today. <laughs> that, I like how you're noticing that when you come on to seat time because you finally, you haven't really looked in a mirror. You've just seen a reflection of yourself, if you will. Yeah, I don't. Well, it's just not a very appealing angle. <laughs> Seated on the couch? Yeah. Well, now I hear you. I will give you a heads up. Kyle Redmond actually told us that it's very hard to be on the show 
um, having to hold your phone the whole time. So I'll just go ahead and apologize now. But... Well, this is even harder because it's my iPad, so it's really heavy. This is a workout. <laughs> well, uh, we're just making you a better rider is what we're doing. Yeah. Like, if yeah. nothing else. Well, then we'll dig right better. We'll dig right in. So it sounds like you're at a friend's house. And you're kicking butt, taking names, making sure that uh, that your 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 soon to be man 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 of the year learns how to play guitar so that he can, uh, I guess, sing you a song at the wedding. Whatever. No, it's um, he has the ring. In order to give me the ring, he's supposed to do something romantic, and um, the romantic gesture I asked for was to play a guitar underneath my window because that's what every girl's ever wanted, and <laughs> he doesn't know how to play guitar. Oh well, so to actually get officially engaged, you got he has to learn how to play guitar. Yeah, and it's coming to the point where I'm like, you don't even have to be good. Like, uh, my uncle's trying to teach him, and I'm like, my uncle can totally be like around the corner actually playing the guitar, and you can just act like it. Like, I don't care. I know he has the ring. He's had the ring for over a month now, and it's just like killing me knowing that he has it. And I'm like trying to convince him that'll be much safer on my finger than in the van or wherever he has the ring. I have no idea, but um, yeah, the most unfortunate thing was I actually wore the ring on a hat, and I had no idea about it in Vegas, and um, that was really sad. So it's just you know it's hard being a girl. It's scary. It's hard being a girl because you wanted an awkward, you wanted a very romantic way to get your ring. And in Vegas, he was hoping to win the Trials Cross, and he actually had it taped inside of his podium hat that I wore, and I didn't know, and I was wearing it the whole time, and then uh, he hit the, the uh, gas switch thingamabob or whatever they're called on those non-fuel-injected um, bikes, Petcock. Yeah, he hit that, and his gas was off, and his bike was dying. So he ended up third, and he thought that third place was not good enough for me to say yes. So, um, yeah, so I didn't get it in Vegas, and I still don't have it. I'm surprised he didn't do it just, like, at the alligator bar right there where everybody was watching. I mean, it's not, it's not <laughs> like we were inebriated or anything. We would have remembered. Yeah, I don't think that was romantic enough. I mean, I can't disagree. <laughs> I, I completely agree that my wife would have shot me if that's the way that I would have tried to do it. But it Well, how did you do it? Um... I actually, uh, it was, I guess it's not super special, but it was nice in the fact that I had told her family that I was going to do it, so I had everybody come over to the house, and she was she had just gotten off of work, and her, her younger sister had just gotten into town as well. Uh, it was for Easter, and so I was like, hey, you wait out front, and when she gets here, direct her around back, and so she directed her around back, just kind of like dropped her off, and I was just standing there, and she was so flustered from work, she said she didn't even have any way to think about it, but I asked her, I was like, uh... We had talked a lot about, uh, what was it, the Gaslight Anthem, um, just like as we were dating and stuff like that. So I, I, I asked her a question that was essentially a lyric from one of those songs, and she kind of was like, yeah, but, and like you could tell she completely like didn't get where I was going with that. And I was like, oh, well, I was hoping that you would be my so-and-so, and I kind of like finished the lyric, and she was like, ah! And like I got down on one, but it was the funniest thing ever. Got the picture. She's just like completely in shock. And then everybody was, you know, right outside the or inside the door, and they like ran out and stuff. And like, ah, so <laughs> it was. It was one of those things where it's special, it's cute, it's romantic, but it was like kind of personal because the you know using the lyrics from a song no, that but, we. Yeah, you you had to be there. Yeah. So it's nowhere near as cool as if I were to play guitar, as well. I can't yeah. play underneath a window to her. Well, pop- it was a- 
I was a really big fan of Full House as a kid, and Uncle Jesse did that. Mm-hmm. And I was a really big Uncle Jesse fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad idea. I mean, I'm okay with that. I really like Jesse. You know that they're thinking yeah, about doing a spinoff. They're going to do a spinoff series that's actually like about the daughters. So Stephanie and uh, the older sister and stuff. So they would actually like come back. Yeah. Oh, I'd watch it. Yeah, I would too. So is this like a dirt bike show or? <laughs> I mean, as I tell everybody, it's a beer drinking bench racing show. So we could beer drink and talk about anything or we could bench race about anybody's results. Right now we're doing that about the results of uh, Smajay's poor guitar abilities. I'm really thinking that he should just put some nut huggers on and just grab the guitar and just start rocking out right now. He's, he's right here, and there is a guitar over there. Like, maybe he could do it right here on the show. Like, that would be totally romantic. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I would be extremely excited if that happened. <laughs> He said he's not good enough yet. I think oh. he doesn't even have to be good, but... I'm going to be good, or better, decent. Decent. Dig it. going to be decent. Dig it. All right, so first moto question of the night, for you anyway, Miss Sarah Whitmore. Six minutes in, okay. Yeah, right? Okay. Um, no, I just, uh, looking back at some of your uh, your accolades, if you will, 2003 Loretta Lynn's Women's Champion. That is awesome. How was that, being at Loretta Lynn's and kicking butt like that? Um, yeah, I've got four from Loretta's, and that was... <laughs> See? <laughs> um, those... She's so modest. <laughs> Shut it. I don't know why I'm doing this with him sitting right there. Um, but yeah, those were all... I think the uh, 03 was probably the most, like, I don't know, the best one for me, probably, just because I'd won on the little bike, and even my older brother was like, eh, that's the little girls, anybody could win that, it's no big deal. Um, and then I went back and I got third place three years in a row. I mean, second place three years in a row. And, um, it went down to me and Patterson, the last moto, whoever won, got the championship and we were battling and I actually, um, I was really good friends with her, Dean or Dean Wilson's little sister, Katrina. She, we were coming up to Lapper and she crashed in front of me and I crashed with her and I was like, you know, obviously Patterson pulled out a big lead and I was like, oh my goodness, I suck. I don't even deserve to own a motorcycle. Like second place four years in a row. I'm never going to win this. I'm just going to quit racing right now. And um, there were three laps to go and I caught her and passed her in two laps and, you know, led the last lap and won the race. So that was um, probably one of the best races. Yeah, I guess that was the most just from getting second so many times and just thinking I could never win it. So, yeah, that was definitely a really special memory, I guess. Yeah. No, I think any win uh, at Loretta Lynn should be special. I don't have any, so <laughs> that's pretty awesome that you do. <laughs> and then, of course, you competed in the women's uh, motocross for quite a few years. Uh, I wanted to know, when did you start racing endurocross? Um, gee, I tried in... I want to say it was 2010, because um, I started with KTM in 2009, and in 2010, I actually tried almost one of everything. So I did a Heron Hound that year, um, an OMA, a National Enduro, Works Race, GNCC. Uh, the girls and I did the 24-hour at Glen Helen, and then I finished off with an Enduro Cross. So 
I did pretty much almost everything KTM did in that whole year and just kind of did a story on each race. And um, that race, I rode a 150, and I just I couldn't even make it around the track. They didn't have a women's class, so I just rode the expert class because that was the only thing that had any anything open, and um, it was really horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah. Was, was, uh, was Guthrie still around in 2010, or was that the year after it had been cut out? Was the, the what? The Guthrie-Oklahoma round, was that still around when you... Um, I'm not really sure, because all I did, the only race I did was the Vegas, the final round. Okay, you only did one that year in 2010. Yeah, that was the closest we had, and I can't remember what year they cut that out, but yeah, that was fun to always go up there. I raced it two year, first two years, and then the third year I just went up there really hung over and watched, and that was probably the best year. <laughs> was the year when I didn't even bring a motorcycle. <laughs> so Sometimes it's hard because it's always so much fun to watch those races. And when you're racing, it's like kind of a bummer because you miss a lot of, you miss all the heat races or whatever for us. And then um, most of the time I'm always like really bummed out about how the main event went um, to really get into the race so much. But the racing's always so good that, yeah, I mean, obviously, I love racing it, but sometimes you're like, oh man, when you when you're racing, you miss out on all the action because they're so much fun to watch. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of racing and feeling bummed, you got 11th in Vegas, and you did two laps. So <laughs> what happened? Um, I don't know. I was leading it, um, and then all I did was I just got they had the tires on the side, mm-hmm. and um. I think Louise had passed me and then she went down in the rocks and I got hung up. So I don't know. I got passed by a couple of girls, but I went into those tires and, um, just a little too timid and kind of, there was like the flat tires and they were all one size. And then the inside they went up and I hit it. And instead of going up and over, I just kind of like went into a hole and I was asking the uh, track worker to help me and yelling at him and revving up my bike and trying to get his attention. And he just waited until everyone went around me and I just could not get my, I just couldn't get my bike out by myself and I needed help. And he was not about to help me. So that was a really big bummer because I'd finally gotten podium the weekend before and, um, like finally proved that I could be up there because I was getting a lot of fourths and a lot of, I think I led almost every race, but the first one so far this year that is actually in lead and then, you know, falling down or something. So just to finally be on the podium was really cool. And then thought it would happen again in Vegas and just, I don't know. <laughs> just just didn't. Yeah, bad luck. Um, it's interesting that in that turn, I had a lot of trouble in that turn, both of my practices that I didn't finish. And uh, I saw Kevin Rookstool actually had the exact same thing happen to him that you're talking about. Um, yeah. He, I think he, but he, he hadn't even made it to the turn. Like he was like in the first row of tires, somehow just got his rear end sunk. He probably was like with somebody that were bar banging, and that's how he got it happened so quick. But he was just stuck stuck. Like he finally just walked away from his bike while the racing was going on and it wasn't until after the race that they uh, came out with a crowbar and had yeah. to pry his bike out of that so yeah those were some serious hole suckers yeah and that's the thing it's like anything else i don't know like if you fall over somewhere else you just get back up and get going and um that's just one thing obviously if kevin can't get his bike out like i mean i'm i'm i don't know i'm just there's no way i could have gotten my own bike out and got going and 
Um, I don't know. I think it's kind of their thing now. They're not really, and it's good. You know, we the girls should be able to get going on their own, but it's something like that where even if the guys can't get going, like we need help, but they just kind of, to make it fair, they let everybody pass before they help us like at all now. So it just is what it is. It, you know, it, it stinks when it happens to you, but sometimes you like benefit when it happens to somebody else. So it's just one of those things. Yeah. Rubin's racing. Oh. Yeah. Well, what did you think about the track? I mean, it's uh, you sounded like you're, you're going in, you were excited about the fact that you'd been on the podium, you were looking for another podium finish. Um, did you feel that the track was different? Did you like it? Did you hate it? Um, yeah, the track was definitely the hardest um, I'd ever ridden, probably. Like, it was just, they pretty much took the hardest obstacles from every weekend and they had them all there that weekend so it was definitely a lot harder than um than normal so but i don't know it just seems i was just kind of off all day like the day before and race day just all my practices just kind of went bad and i don't know it was just i don't know yeah. it was a, still fun but just didn't end up very good yeah that's okay i didn't either so I don't feel bad for you. I do remember seeing you walking around in your civilian clothing at one point. And I was like, why aren't you down there racing? You're like, oh, I'm top five. I'm pre-qualified. I don't need to do that. I was like, oh, okay. Well, you guys have a good day then. I'm going to sit here and keep keep goofing off. No, that is the best thing is when the top five, like you don't have to do the daytime qualifiers. And that is like the best thing about that because it's so much stress and <coughs> Like, anything can go wrong. It's Endurocross, so you could get stuck forever or whatever. Like, anything can happen. So, um, yeah, like, that was just the most stressful times ever, just having to do those daytime qualifiers and praying nothing went wrong so you could make it into the main. So as soon as I got into the top five, that just was, like, such a weight lifted off my shoulders of not having to, to qualify. Plus, like, Chris, you don't get those, like, extra few more laps of practice on the track, but still I'd rather just have that stress relief off and just be able to kind of watch the competition and see how everybody else is doing things yeah no totally agree on that one i wish i just didn't suck as much at <laughs> everything that i tried to do that weekend it was, fun. It was okay it was, it was a really hard track it was real hard it was i i can't disagree with that <laughs> so bolt on is in the chat room and he wanted to know he said we should ask you about the mud hole at the 2012 general gncc is there anything that rings a bell about that that makes makes him think you should know. make fun of you? I don't, you cut out, so I don't know what you said, actually. Oh. Something about GNCC. Mudhole at the 2012 General GNCC. With the alligator pit? I don't know. That's just all he wrote. It's Bolton. He's not very descriptive. He's just kind of like blurts out small sentences like any, any other redheaded stepchild would. Um, well... Last, yeah, 2012, I was leading, and I went through mud hole, and um, I ripped my chain guard off. So maybe that was it. Maybe that's what he means. Did you, like, throw it at him? I mean, that would be, is it something that he was like, oh, my God, she's trying to hurt me? No, there was an alligator, there was an alligator um, in the mud hole there, though. So that was, but I didn't know it until after the race. But, uh, yeah, I think he... Probably was the one that took the pictures of the alligator, so maybe that's what he was talking about. But yeah, that um, I'm glad I didn't see that till after the race that there was an alligator there. Oh yeah, I would have. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. <laughs> Ain't happening, no, madam. Well, uh, he actually said it was because you were yelling at him 
to get him to get you out is what he, oh, he well, finally came in and said i don't think it was necessarily that i was yelling at him it was just i yell a lot when i ride <laughs> you're very I, verbal <laughs> i yell at anybody that's around me and it's not a mean thing it's just a. I get very, very, very anxious. That's it's, okay. a, it's a moto thing. Like, I don't know. It's not, it doesn't work so well for off-roaders, <laughs> but um, I'm trying to like calm down a bit. But yeah, definitely when I get like into race mode, I get really antsy and I scream. That's a okay. lot of people don't like it. <laughs> does, it does Phil know that? Um, Phil, do you know that I scream a lot? I do now. He knows now. <laughs> Um, see, we actually, see time helps relationships build themselves. Actually, the 2012 one, um, Nick no, Nick Ferringer, Ferringer knows that uh, that I yell because he was my pick guy because I was re- riding his bike at that race, and um, I was screaming a lot, and I was like, "Who was that jerk that was helping you? He didn't know anything." Like, I had to ask him five times for my water and he left it way over there. Like I was just furious and he was spilling gas all over my seat. And I'm like, you cannot spill gas on a seat. (laughs) (laughs) This is like the worst thing you can do. So I was like flipping out in the pit stop. And then, so afterwards I was like, and I was like, you're so focused on the race. I wasn't paying attention. And I came in afterwards. I was like, yeah, sorry about that. I'm like, but who the heck did you have helping you? Like they were horrible. Worst. That was the worst pit stop I've ever had. And he was like, yeah, that was Jimmy Jarrett. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so I was like, ooh, and then I was like, well, come on, he's done a million and a half pit stops. Like he should know exactly, like have the water, the goggles, everything ready. And yeah, so yeah, I have to apologize to him for screaming at him at that year too. So you know, Bolton shouldn't feel bad because I screamed at everybody. Yeah. Well, he's also he's a redheaded stepchild. He's allowed. You, you should be it. You get at least a couple screams at that guy a year, just you know. Yeah, freebies. He's used to it. Yeah, for sure. That guy's definitely used to it. We did have a question from the chat room. If you were gonna, if you had any plans to do any more ISDEs in the near future, or even in the later future. In the later future, um, maybe. I don't have it completely written off. I just, um, I kind of got the vibe that. Well, not really a vibe. They straight up told me they didn't really want me on the team last year because I was a moto girl and I was going to crash out. And after the third or after the second test uh, last year, I crashed out. They're like the second test, very first day, I crashed and I broke uh, the knuckle on my hand. And so, and then I continued to try and ride the rest of the week. So, um, it goes back to like me getting way too excited and having to calm down a bit. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they would ever actually have me back. Um, I think my speed was good. The very first test, the first day I got second and then I got a third after I broke my knuckle, but then it just kept getting worse and worse, um, with the pain and not being able to hold on. So, um, I don't really know. I think if they had me back, but it's also the cost and the stress of everything. The actual, the week there is great. Um, it's miserable, it sucks, but, um, it's the whole preparation and the expense of it that is really, really draining. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I've had a chance to go I was there in Germany the year that you were there. So I've had a chance to go and, and view it from that kind of an outside media person's perspective. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't, what you guys go through is a whole different type of, you know, daily riding, uh, habit. So, 
Yeah, if you want to talk about screaming, you should just hear me um, at six days with trying to change a rear moose with a broken hand. So I'm pretty much trying to do it with one hand, and I just have tears streaming down my face, and <laughs> it was quite miserable. Well, I definitely do have – I'm trying to – I so in the, the messages that you and I had going back and forth on Facebook today, if you go back to the very beginning of those, I sent you a link to whatever day it was that I had a good picture of you. Click on that link and then hit the, the previous button, I think twice, maybe once. And then I, ha I have that picture of you just <laughs> like manhandling, trying to get the uh, get this tire on, off, whatever it was. But yeah, so it happens. It's a true yeah, statement. There, there were definitely some tears and some screaming and maybe a couple of cuss words. I apologize for those. I try not to let them out, but when I'm riding, they just happen sometimes. Or when I'm training, changing tires with or without a broken hand, sometimes they happen. Especially mooses, man. Those things suck. Yeah. So. yeah. But I was pretty proud because um, I brought my bike home and um, to try and sell it, and it had a moose in it, and we wanted to, and it had like a really nice uh, tire, like a enduro cross tire on it, so I had a wanted to change that out and my dad and my brother were going to be nice and change it for me and they actually had to come inside the house and ask me um how to do it because they don't know how to change a moose still so i'm like the designated moose changer in the family so that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's something i guess that's so nice of you you need to come to texas i've got a couple that would really really be helpful if you change them for me yeah, well, for a price. <laughs> right. Well, you should come to the National Enduro that's coming the second round in Concho. Uh, it's like the end of end of March. You could come race that, and I'll have like a lot of stuff for you to do. You say National Enduro? Yeah. Yeah, those are not my friends. Come on, it's Concho, Texas, dude. It's so much fun. It's like I... it's like Shaley Rock, quick elevation changes. It's not West Texas, I'll tell you that much. Where was it last year? Uh, it was in the same spot. So Blackwell, Texas is the Concho, yeah. the Concho Enduro. It's the same yeah. spot this year, the race that's coming to Texas. Yeah, see, I just I don't know if it's because like you're not actually racing with each other. Like I'm not a very fast practicer. Like I I don't know, I just don't practice very good. So when I um I don't know, National Enduro, I just can't, I think that I'm riding good, I'm like, yeah, I got a pretty good pace, I think I'm doing good, you know, I'm riding, I'm pushing, and I come in and I get fifth, and I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I don't know, it's just not the, I don't it's not my thing, I guess, I don't know, it's All right, different. well, the invitation's there, we still have, yeah. we'll probably still have a guest bedroom at that point, that's right before a new baby gets here, so. Oh, just saying, you guys want to come hang out in Texas for a little bit? I'll, 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 uh, I'll rub you off on Cole Kirkpatrick, and that way you guys can actually have cool people to ride with, and I'll just hang out at the pits. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be okay. It'll be okay. Well, uh, it's, it, we did have another question: is if you were going to do any GNCCs next year? Um, yes. That's, I mean, that's the plan. Like, I don't really have any sponsors to do the GNCCs, so really to be able to afford to do the whole season, probably not, though I would love to. Um, but definitely I would love to go back and race Florida again, for sure, Florida, because it's my favorite round. And the three times I've done it, I've led it until the first time I broke my face. The next time my chain fell off, and last year um, 
going back to changing those mooses, my tire fell off last year, so... <laughs> Um, I'll definitely be back to uh, Florida and then, uh, you know, Georgia's on the way and then just kind of see where it goes from there. So I definitely like the GNCCs a lot more than the National Enduros, just um, nothing other than just my riding style. I think it suits it a little better. Um, so yeah. I hear you. Well, Bolton is, again, is in the chat room. And he said that he, he said it like this. Bolton is a sponsor and it's a new Florida track. So maybe, hey, I don't know. Uh, you're learning it as I am right now in the chat room. So, well, is it sandy? I would. Well, it's Florida. I don't think they can just get rid of the sand. Okay, as long as it's sandy. Yeah, well, we'll see. And, we'll see about and that. And what? Is, what is his bold on sticker? That means he or he's going to give me a sticker. That's his sponsorship. I uh, probably considering <laughs> that it's yeah, and it's going to be like redheaded stepchild. Okay, is this lady? <laughs> Something of that sort. I can only imagine. Yeah, I, I've seen him. I've actually passed him in a national enduro. So um, I don't. I think he prefers GNCCs as well. Uh, he does. It's what you. <laughs> it's what you East Coasters do. It's strange, but I go with it. It's okay. Um, so you guys were actually at Taylor Roberts' house uh, last week when uh, we had him come on for actually two weeks ago when we had him come on for the uh, the celebrating the life of Kurt Sully, and he did not tell me that you guys actually had. A story to share and when we were at the alligator bar after it all you guys had told me that you did and i didn't know if you maybe still had that um you know on the top of your head or if you guys still might want to share uh that story that you had about Casella. um i guess i don't really have just one like specific story um but uh just just the way he was like it's so amazing to watch like just to read everything online and what everyone has to say about Kurt, it's it's crazy because even though he went at such a young age, um, really, when you read everything and, like, all the lives that he touched, like, he touched more lives in just 30 short years than most people will ever accomplish in a whole lifetime. So, um, really, that's amazing. And um, I guess, you know, with just being like KTM, you know, on KTM and everything and then doing six days. And I had wanted to do six days for a few years. Um, and I remember um, when Jim Price called me and said he wanted to kind of help me do it last in 2012. And I had gotten a hold of Kurt right away and, you know, said, hey, I want to do this. You know, will you help me? And he, I remember he sent me a text back and he's like, oh, yeah, of course. He's like, but he's like, just remember, he's like, six days is not fun. He's like, it is six days of just the absolute torture, like not fun, you know, 200 plus miles a day with the worst monkey butt you can imagine. <laughs> and I remember saving that text message to be like, okay, but I'm like, yeah, I know it's not fun. It's going to be a lot of hard work and, you know, I'll prepare for it, though I don't think you can ever prepare for it. And just, just the way that he was at six days, not just to me, but to everybody that, you know, if anybody had troubles at all or any questions like he was obviously the guy to go to and um it was just cool i think the way he touched so many people's lives and how he was just kind of there for everybody um it was really amazing so i mean he's definitely definitely missed by everybody so yeah no i yeah i noticed i got an email from ktm and it, it sounds like they're doing uh, I, I would say the next step up from what we tried to do, uh, you know, we're small scale. We don't have the pull that a lot of people do, but it sounds like they're really trying to find a way 
to collect as many stories as they can to help, um, you know, to, to get that together, not just for the families, but for people later on in life to kind of be able to read about, to know about, and to kind of get a better idea for, as you say, of all the lives that he touched and how he really uh, and helped a lot of people. Um, so it's going to be neat. I'm going to take a lot of the stories that I got emailed to myself um, with seat time and then the stories that we do, did and everything, and we're going to forward those on to KTM. And, you know, it may make it, it may not, um, but it's just going to be neat to see the finished product. Uh, yeah. I definitely wish that we were going to be able to make it to uh, the West Coast for Friday, but yeah, it's, just, it's hard <laughs> not yeah. living in California sometimes. Like it's like California stinks, but sometimes you just miss out on all the opportunities that happen out there. So yeah, all the, a, all the industry stuff. You're out there. Yeah. Well, one of the other things that I thought was really interesting that we talked about in Vegas is what you guys are going to kind of do for your wedding and for your like little bachelor bachelorette parties and stuff like that. I think that that is going to be so much fun. Now you can, I think it's interesting and you should tell a lot of people. Now you don't have to tell them exact dates because we don't want a weirdo showing up. But <laughs> so you guys are doing like a like a whole competition almost, right? Yeah, it's um it's actually not a wedding day. It's pretty much the wedding week and. Um, we're, we're very competitive and, um, we're going to have the wedding, the wedding games, like the, the wedding party games. So right. we're going to have a moto race, enduro cross race, grass track trials, um, paintball, karaoke, um, and this is all boys versus girls, um, except for Nick. Uh, Nick Farringer is actually a bridesmaid. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. And then, but Phil's sister is going to be on his side. So it'll be, you know, there'll be one girl, you know, one guy on each side, but it's good because we'll have him for, you know, the enduro race that we have. And it's just going to be, you know, and, but Maria, uh, Forsberg, Maria Hahn, she's going to be one of my bridesmaids. So, I think that the girls have a really good chance of, you know, at least holding our own. No way. No way. (laughs) (laughs) Phil says no. I mean, obviously, like when we do the trials, like it's going to be Phil and Pat's going to be a groomsman. So, like, we have no chance in the trials. But um, I don't know. I we did a grass track race a few weeks ago and none of Phil's friends could beat me on the grass track. So. (laughs) I think we've got the grass track covered. Um, I don't know. And then we're also going to do, on t- besides karaoke, we're going to do like some other things, um, you know, because we're still a young couple trying to save money. So we're going to have like centerpiece making. And <laughs> yeah, and this Taylor's idea, he's like, oh, that's so great. All we have to do is just like take a bunch of old parts and weld them together and they don't even have to look good. And I'm like, no, Taylor, like it, it's still my wedding. We still has to look good so we're just going to divide it say if there's 30 tables the guys have to make 30 centerpieces and the girls have to and we're going to throw in some of those like girly sort of things and um and then we're going for the bachelor bachelorette party uh we're hoping to end up going to raise mountain bike uh because there's one in milwaukee and it's like the happiest place on earth for anybody that likes anything on two wheels um even when we were there, uh, we took Maria and Christy from KTM there, um, well, like the day after Phil proposed, and uh, Phil said that he wanted to have his bachelor party there, and Christy, like, straight up did not want to go. She's like, I've got no skills on a mountain bike. I'm no, I'm not going to be any good. I'm not going to have any fun, but you guys go and have fun, and we 
forced her to ride and after being there for an hour, she's like, that's not fair. Can't we have the bachelorette party to here too? This place is so awesome. And, <laughs> you know, we, we were just going to go for a couple hours and we stayed till 10 o'clock when they closed. So, I mean, it is, it's the best place ever. So, you know, there'll be mountain bike sort of wars too. And, um, you know, we're, I think the girl, I think we're going to hold our own though. I've got, obviously I've got some pretty cool bridesmaids. So, um, if they're friends with me, they got to be able to hold their own on a dirt bike or a pedal bike or whatever, um, or on the karaoke or dance floor. So it's it's going to be fun, and it's going to definitely going to be a competition. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Who could do the best moonwalk as they walk down the aisle? Is that kind of the like it's just going to break down to everything, or maybe the best wheelie? Ooh, the best wheelie! Oh, I'm getting chocolate handed to me right now. Um, yeah, I don't, I. I really can't compete with Phil in the wheelie com- competition yet, but um, we did do our first show this weekend, and our first ever kiss. Sorry, this is getting cheesy again. No one is ever gonna like want to watch this show because it's so cheesy. This episode. So, um, our first ever kiss was Phil rode a nose wheelie up to me, and I-, I was standing there. He rode a nose wheelie up, and that was our first kiss. Like we kissed while he was on the bike, nose wheeling at me. And we did our first ever show um, this weekend, and he put me on the spot, and he made me ride a nose wheelie up to him and kiss him, and I did it without breaking his face. Um, <laughs> yes! <laughs> so, yeah, so, I mean, I'm getting there, but I'm obviously I don't think I can compete with him on the wheelies yet, but um, I'll, I, I have a long time until August, so I'll keep practicing. That's, that's what I'm thinking. I think you've got plenty of time to get out there and practice and make sure that you do some awesome wheelies by the time comes August, for sure. Well, cool. Well, we definitely appreciate you being on the show. Uh, Very much congratulations on the engagement and uh, the the upcoming nuptials, for sure. It's a a crazy, weird ride. Uh, (laughs) I I love it. Been married for three years. Got three kids. It's been fantastic. Been been a busy three years as well. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's not in any of our near plans, but uh we'll, yeah. we'll you don't get to ride as part. much as you think you would with that many kids. <laughs> so but hey, it's been it's been insane. It's an interesting ride, but a great one. Uh so I definitely uh congrats to you guys for that. Thank you for being on Seat Time. Do you have Thanks. any uh social bits where you would like to uh tell people to maybe go follow you or find you if they have if they don't already? Um, I guess just Instagram, it's S Whitmore eighty nine. I think that's uh, correct. Yeah, or Twitter's the same, but nobody uses Twitter anymore. Oh, uh, really? I don't. I don't. Whatever. I retweet. But if you follow me on Instagram, I always post really cute pictures of my dogs. That's true. Like your thing says, like sorry that three quarters of my pictures of the dog or something. Your little blurb, right? <laughs> yeah, but he's so cute. I have a really nice picture of him and and Phil cuddling now, so they're oh. becoming friends. Oh uh, well, they better. Well, he weighs more than Phil, so I think Phil's like intimidated by the fact that he's actually bigger than Phil. I would be intimidated by that as well. <laughs> it's like, who gets the snuggle part in the bed? The bigger person. <laughs> Wicked. Well, again, thank you very much for your time. You guys have fun. Don't do anything I wouldn't do, and if you do, do take pictures. Um, okay. And we'll uh, we'll talk soon, right, Phil? I mean, uh, Sarah. <laughs> okay. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> bye, guys. Have fun out there. Awesome. Well, that's the first time that we've been able to have uh, Sarah Whitmore on the show, but it's a very, very fun time. I- I'm looking forward to uh, the pictures, of course, 
after they have their wedding and their little uh, their bride games, if you will, for the week leading up? Because it sounds like something I would want to be invited to um, and possibly cause a little bit of shenanigans and trouble if I could. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, maybe, maybe. If nothing else, the raise part sounds like it would be the best one. Um, as uh, Before I kind of get into some of the, the, the randoms that I've got to talk about, I definitely want to say thank you very much uh, to uh, PowerSport Graphics for their support of Seat Time. Those of you who don't know, they have awesome deals going on for the rest of the year. A lot of discounts that you can find right there on their website. Uh, of course, if you're in the chat room, you just hit Bolt On Up. He can easily drop you some uh, <clears throat> behind-the-scenes discounts, maybe even save you a little bit more dough. But what's awesome about those guys is how much they can do for you. Most people don't realize this. They don't just do graphics for your dirt bikes. They can do all kinds of graphics, stickers, and uh, T-shirts, all the fun stuff. They can do in-house art. So if you have an idea but you don't know how to design it yourself, you can always do it there, and they can get it done for you. Um, they have next-day shipping, um, and you can save 40% off by using the ready-to-ship option. So they've got great ways to save you money. Another one of those that also works well is using the discount code SEATTIME. S-E-A-T-T-I-M-E. So you can go to ridepg.com, use the discount code SEATTIME with anything that you purchase, save yourself a little bit more money, um, and we say thank you very much to them for their support of SeatTime, and hopefully you can go stop by and give them a little bit of support. So, Stephen, I don't know, did we set your mic up for this evening? Uh, it is on. It is on? Well, I wanted to, you know, you, you, watch, you watch Supercross and pay attention to a lot of races and stuff like that, but you may not be into it as much as I am. But I have some bad news that came out throughout the past couple of days. We have two riders already that are going to be out. Well, what it looks like are going to be out for the start of the Supercross season. Did you see any of this go on online? I did not, actually. So, Davey Millsaps um, on the Rockstar, who was last year the Rockstar Suzuki team, this year the Rockstar KTM team, uh, was going to be debut, and everybody wanted to see how he was going to do on the KTM, you know, because he was so good on that Suzuki. And for a while there, his contract even said that he would have a Suzuki 450 for him to ride. And obviously that was why people think that speculating that he was maybe testing with Chad Reed, things of that sort. Well, then he did confirm that he did officially sign with, uh, you know, the Rockstar KTM team. So everybody was looking to see how he was doing, how he was going to work on this Euro bike. Cause you know, just hadn't seen him work well on anything but a Suzuki. Well, unfortunately in all the testing and stuff like that, he got hurt. He now has another knee injury and Ivan Tedesco is going to be filling in, uh, right now for the rider uh, they don't really they're not really saying how long so they're being kind of you know kind of kind of secretive on what the actual injury is and how poor his knee may be and how long he's got to recover but it looks like they're going to pull in Ivan de Tesco hot sauce to uh to fill in for that so what do you think about that a uh, good change pace maze maybe maybe I don't know yeah I think it kind of sucks. I really wanted to see what uh, Davey Millsap was going to do, too. Um, I don't know if he was going to be able to ride that, the KTM as well as he did the Suzuki. Um, it's going to be great, though, to see Ivan Tedesco back out there. Uh, you know, he, did, he wasn't out there for 2013, so to see him back out there for 2014, even if he's going to have a couple races, uh, it, it just always seems like he brings a certain element of awesome to the races. Um, and so hopefully he can do that again on a KTM. I think it's going to be cool to see him out there. And another person who's a little bit more close to home, unfortunately, Trey Kennard. Uh, he's on the Honda team, number 41. He has a broken arm. Um, now, wh- how vague is he has a broken arm? Because in reality, it could be something that's you know platable and he'll be ready to go in three to four, three to four weeks, or it's something that's you know has to be casted, then it has to rehab. So it could be two to three months. No idea what that's going to be. Um, didn't see anything quickly about a, uh, 
replacement rider. Excuse me. So I think it happened kind of quick, and they're just kind of making a, a brief statement uh, before too much speculation comes out. I'm definitely not excited about that. I really wanted to see how Trey Kennard was would do. Um, he'd been healthy for a while, really back on the back on the program that he wanted to be on. Definitely could have been a contender um, for being on the box every weekend. Uh, so it's kind of a shame that he went and got hurt. Well, that he got hurt in a practice crash. You've been to Oklahoma. Have you ever seen him up there? No. No? You don't hang out with Drake and Ard? No. Hmm. We're, we're buggy folk. People. You're people buggy avoid, folk? Yeah, people avoid us on dirt bikes. <laughs> They're like, oh, shit, we're going to get run over. <laughs> huh? That's okay. That's all right. So as I said, uh, next weekend, uh, next week we're going to have uh, Zach Huberty on, and we're going to have Wiley Watson on. Uh, Wiley Watson uh, just put out the off-road essentials, so he wanted to talk. He he contacted me and asked, he's like, "Hey, you know, you've talked about a lot of the other movies we've made. I didn't know if if I could be on and we could talk about this one specifically." I was like, "Yeah, sure, that sounds great." So we're gonna do that. Uh, Zach Huberty as well. He's got the in- the innovation off-road stuff going on. Uh, he's got some really neat ideas, I think. Um, really way to just kind of change it up, new stuff to the, uh, you know, new person out there thinking differently in the industry. Never a bad thing. Um, if nothing else, it can help create a lot more uh, creativeness out there for all the people that have been in the industry. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so we're just going to talk to him and kind of see what is going on in his uh, brokenness. Dude, I'm getting called out for yawning. It's like, man, it, it's tough. It sucks. But hey, I just deal with it. You know, I would agree. Wheels, uh, Roxon and Dungey's 2014 KTMs do look super sick. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to Roxanne kicking some ass in 2014, which I think is going to happen for sure. He's going to do fantastic. Alden Baker is making him into an awesome person. That's why I don't have a singing career. So before I get too far into the random bits as I yawn and make fun of Mark Koch, definitely third person that I'd like to thank uh, greatly for being a uh, supporter of C-Time is Stillwell Performance. Keep it pinned, as they like to say. You can check them out, stillwellperformance.com. So... They are the ones that cover a lot of the dampening duties for off-road racers. Guys like Cody Webb, Corey Grafunder, Kyle Redman, and Luis Forsley. You can head to their website. You can call them at the shop. And all you have to do is ask, hey, how do I make my off-road experience that much better? And you can be like, seat time sent me here. What's up? And you can wink at them on the phone, but they may not get it. So you might want to ask. Or you can just send them a video of you winking and tell them that seat time sent you. And maybe they'll actually get back to you. I don't really know how well it's going to work. But... What's neat is they're the, they have the item of choice. The one that I like to say is is what really made a big difference in me riding a KTM with linkage is of the they have the Stillwell Performance adjustable linkage guard. So if you look at a KTM, the linkage guard or the linkage sticks out at just an ear a weird angle compared to a lot of other bikes. It's much more uh, vertical. Um, and if you do, it's happened to me. If you get onto a log or something that's really steep and it doesn't not have a really good round edge to it. Uh, you can't stick, and it hurts when you bar hump that quickly into your bars. Um, and this is a great way to prevent that because it creates a complete carriage, you know, from your skid plate back into your swing arm. Um, if you're going over object that crazy, uh, if nothing else, it's at least worth checking out, especially because of the fact that it's adjustable. Um, when I first got on a linkage KTM, it was a 2003 300XC. Uh, I was like, what? It feels weird. Why does it feel weird? Well, with the linkage, it, it feels a little bit more raked out. It feels a little bit more couch-like. Um, with this adjustable chips that they have in there, you can actually adjust your geometry and change your head angle, which makes riding those linkage KTMs, you can get the feel back of the PDS that we all liked so much. So it's definitely worth checking out. Stillwellperformance.com. 
please go check them out. We thank them for their support of Sea Time. Oh, man. Somebody wants to have a contest. Let's see who can go the longest without shaving into 2014. Into two, Oh, see, Thad Duvall and I were supposed to do that last year, uh, and he gave up, and that was when I first went in to started having fun mustaches. I'm totally down, but the biggest problem I have is I automatically already have to trim up for tomorrow night, and I knew I was going to have to do this before you even um, called me out there, Wheels. It's because uh, we're going to a dinner for my wife's sister. She got voted one of the top ten most beautiful women in Dallas, um, and so I'm actually going to be there tomorrow night at like the acceptance, the reveal, I guess, the reveal dinner. I don't know. This sounds fancy, and like rich people will be there or something, and I've got to go get a sports coat or some crap for this. But uh, that's why I've got to trim up so I don't look like just a little bit of a, I guess, as much of a bum. I don't know. Something like that. So, yeah, flex bars. Meow. <laughs> Everybody in the chat room is talking about all kinds of fun, different stuff. It's just interesting to see you guys go at it. So, uh, as I said, uh, it's the, the D Magazine. You can go check that out and look for Amy Robinson. Uh, it may even be Amy Samuels Robinson, but she is my, my wife's middle sister. Uh, top voted top 10 most beautiful women in Dallas. It's kind of interesting. So that's where I'll be tomorrow night so you guys can make fun of me and uh, take pictures and that's where I'll be. I don't know. You got anything else, Steven? No. Nope. All right. So episode 109, we've talked with uh, Rachel Gudish and Sarah Whitmore about all the fun that they've been having this year racing the Enduro Cross Series. Of course, uh, got to learn about Rachel Gudish doing some GNCCs. She's a badass pole vaulter. Going to college, and it looks like she's going to be trying to go to a college that understands that she's going to be racing more than she will be going to college, and they will be okay with it. Sarah Whitmore is going to be getting married soon. She's going to keep racing, keep trying to be a badass, and uh, probably not raising kids anytime soon is the way that it sounds. So, uh yeah, I think that they've probably got it all figured out way more than I do at this point in time. What do you think, Stephen? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I appreciate everybody that's been watching. Um, if you would like to follow us, you can do so. The website where you can find all of our archive show is seattime.co. Um, after that, you can find us on Facebook. So it's facebook.com slash seattime. We are on Twitter. Even though Sarah Whitmore says Twitter is dead, we're seattime underscore CEO. If you do happen to be on Instagram, please give us a follow. We're just regular old seat time there. And on YouTube, it's seat time CEO. It's where you can uh, follow us there. You can subscribe to our channel to make sure that you always get updated when episodes come out. Um, another thing that's fun is that uh, we're on Stitcher and iTunes as well. So with that, you can listen to all the episodes and all the interviews that we put out. You don't just have to watch them uh, live if you would rather do that. Go into races, things of the sort, make it a little bit easier. So thanks to everybody in the chat room. Really appreciate it. Ryan Kudla, this one is for you. Remember, always enjoy a pint full of awesome. We will see you next Tuesday.